welcome back to Bo My God. I'm your host, Bo Bradley. My pronouns are he and they. This episode, we're going to talk about transgender people. We're going to talk about trans people in sports. We're going to talk about trans healthcare. Today, or the day that this will be airing is Transgender Day of Visibility, which occurs March 31st every year. So I know by the time you're hearing this, it may no longer be March 31st, but now you'll be aware for next time. Last time on Bow My God, we hung out with educator and proudly disabled trans man, Logan Adams. We had so much fun sharing our experiences, talking about family, and Logan vulnerably shared his experiences being bullied as a kid for being different and what it's like to come out to his students as a transgender educator. So if you haven't already, be sure to check out, catch up on that episode, Transgender and Successful, available on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow Logan on Instagram at trans underscore on wheels, where you will also find his merch as well. So why are we talking about trans sports and healthcare and trans day of visibility? Why today? Well, currently, at least 26 separate states have anti-trans bills either being proposed, debated, or have recently been passed by state senates. These bills are targeting transgender youth and adolescents based on little to no factual evidence, medical testimony, nor science backing. To be honest, the biggest issue with most of these bills is that the people pushing for, supporting for, or crafting them are ignorant to what it means to be trans, let alone what gender-affirming care or participation in sports means to these kids and for these kids. And it's not their fault necessarily that they're ignorant to it. However, in my I want to say unbiased opinion, but I can't because I'm obviously very biased related to these issues. But in my pretty educated and experienced position, if you want to learn about something or you want to understand something, you go to the source, you go to the experts, you go to the people who either experience it, study it, research it, treat it. You don't go to people that don't even know how to define what being transgender is. So that being said, I'm going to break down a little bit of what it means to be trans. I'm not going to do a huge breakdown just because we've touched on it some other episodes. If you want to figure out and question your own gender and your own cisgender, transgender identity, gender nonconforming identity, I encourage you to go back to, oh my God, season two, episode one are you cisgender where we kind of break down the gender binary and dig more into that and let you question yourself and just kind of see where you are, because it doesn't matter if you're trans or if you're cis or what your gender is, we all should be able to explore and understand our own unique gender identity and gender experiences. And that's, it's a personal thing. It's not something other people can define for you. So we all should be questioning that anyways. The most important thing to know related to these issues is that neither medically transitioning nor receiving gender affirming care makes you transgender. Someone whose gender doesn't align with the sex they were assigned at birth is transgender, regardless of their genitalia, regardless of their chromosomes, their hormone levels, regardless of their favorite color, the sports they play, where they live. If someone says they are trans, it's because inside of themselves, they know they are trans. Transgender is an umbrella term. It, it doesn't change based on the therapies and treatments provided or offered. It's just being aided, improved, or destigmatized. The main issue with refusing gender-affirming care for trans youth is that the, the care is what helps them. It's not what makes them trans. It what's, it's what helps them deal with 
figure out, understand, comprehend, and grow. I've seen so many comments and issues circulating online regarding these bills that ban gender-affirming care for minors. And there's so much misinformation. People are saying that adults are forcing their children to change. Some people are saying that children are being brainwashed. It's all, it's just terribly uninformed. When someone realizes they're transgender, it's normally because they feel a physical discomfort or dysphoria in their bodies. They look in the mirror and see someone who doesn't look like them, someone who they don't recognize. They are struggling to explain some of the feelings they have. These individuals are so internally and psychologically distracted throughout the day on every little thing and event on if people are looking at them, if they're, if they're going to attack them, if they're going to make fun of them. For me personally, this looks like me walking around wondering if my binder is flattening my chest enough. Does it look like I have boobs today? If someone sees them, are they going to think I'm a she? If my voice doesn't sound low enough today, are people going to call me ma'am? These are the kinds of things that gender affirming care and treatment helps with. These are the kind of things that help trans and gender nonconforming people work through their struggles and work through their internal battles and external battles and their basic communication and right to feel valid and take up space in the world. So the biggest arguments that I've seen in support of these unconstitutional bills and misinformation is surrounding puberty blockers, misinformation on the rate of detransitioning and misinformation on permanent versus temporary changes. So I'd like to start at the very beginning. Um, when a child or adult or anyone really starts to think that there's something going on with them, what do they do, right? They research it. They call their doctor, make an appointment. Maybe the parents research it, reach out to friends, family members, specialists, someone that knows more about it than they do, right? If you don't understand something, the first thing you want to do is try to understand it so that you can figure out how to move forward. So then the next step would be the therapist, doctor, specialist, medical professional, friend, what have you, will advise on the options, the situation, what could help, what couldn't. They'll base it off their medical research, their medical knowledge, their training, their prior patient treatment and experience. Random queer adults aren't running around like roofing kids with hormones and puberty blockers at ice cream trucks. It's not the way this works. This is literally like going to a doctor for any other medical ailment, condition, checkup, treatment, question, concern. It's, it's, it's a basic, basic thing that you would do for your kid if they stubbed their knee, if they broke a bone, if they are depressed, if they have anxiety, if they're diabetic, there's, if, if there's something going on with your child, that's keeping them from living their life or keeping them from succeeding or being healthy or happy, you want to help them. So the thing about puberty blockers and the biggest thing that cis people get up in arms about, <laughs> get up in arms, sorry, <laughs> is puberty blockers. And like I said, there are permanent and temporary changes in treatments for gen for trans or gender nonconforming people, hormone blockers are a temporary fix. Not only are they safe and commonly utilized in the treatment of cisgender children regularly all the time, they are literally used to hold off premature puberty in cisgender kids. They literally stop puberty in kids that are not ready for them. That is, that is their purpose. That's what they've been researched, monetized, put on the market to do is to help children who aren't ready for puberty to hold off their puberty. 
Because the truth is, what is what is irreversible is puberty itself. Placing a child who's questioning their gender on puberty blockers is quite literally placing their permanent bodily changes on hold, while professionals, the child, the child's parents, their community, individuals can make their best informed decision for that individual child. For some trans kids, and trans girls especially, going through puberty can lower their voice, change their face, create body hair in places that will not only decrease their mental health symptoms like depression, anxiety, but significantly increase their dysphoria, their rate of suicide, their rate of self-harm. The next biggest argument that I hear is that what about if the kids will regret their transition? The first thing, again, it's being trans isn't transitioning. The transition is, it's such a misleading term, misleading word. Like I said, the treatment and what you're doing for what you're doing for that child or for that individual is not what's making them trans. They are already trans. That is, that's an inner identity thing. Stopping giving them the options to figure themselves out is not going to stop them from still being themselves. It's just going to take a lot longer and make it a lot harder for them to get through these challenges and these adversities and to figure out how to build a support system and become safe and valid within themselves. Also, the first, not the first thing I have to say to this, but the other thing I have to say on this is that true fact-based empirical research that has been conducted on this quite literally shows transitioning to be 99% effective, which means that 99% of the time people do not regret transitioning. Some people have seen other numbers and facts. A lot of them are altered, anecdotal, based off of studies of one or two people, five people, 10 people, statistics sharing the amount of individuals who do not fully transition versus those who actually reverse their treatments. So in some cases, these numbers are being reported where people are saying, okay, this child was assigned male at birth and this child is saying that they're a girl. This child is taking hormones to affirm their gender not transition, but affirm their gender. And they reach a certain point of androgyny or they reach a certain point in the middle of what is the small first dose of hormones or them pre-hormones versus what they would be on a full-fledged dose of hormones. Somewhere in the middle, they find a level where they're like, this is me, I'm comfortable. My mental health is improved. My physical health is improved. I feel better. I'm happier. Everything is going on that makes this okay. And they stop there and they maintain that level. There are studies that will say that's detransitioning, which is not true. They're just not binary. And it's just not factual. The actual facts, which you can find the references and resources to all of this information down in the information for this episode. And this this specific statistic of transitioning to be 99% effective, you can find at pinkmanarray.com. So gender identity is an innate awareness of one's own gender, right? This is what we were talking about a little bit ago. This has been found in humans to begin around the ages of three to five. So it's not something that's being pushed on kids. It's something that kids are bringing up to their caregivers, to their parents. It's kids playing with things that statistically or in what we would consider typical American society that's binary isn't 
aligned correctly, like a boy playing with dolls or playing dress up. Or for me as a kid, it was trying to play football, being adamant that I wanted to play baseball instead of softball, things of that matter, where it's just a gender role misconception is what it seems like it is. And you're just like, oh, no, no, little girl, go play, go play softball, go play with dolls or, oh, no, no, little boy, go do this and go do that. What you're really doing is irreparable harm. And what we really want is we want representation and visibility as the queer community so that these kids who are dealing with all of these unknowns and thoughts and feelings that they don't understand might come across someone else who reflects themselves back to them. We want the kids to realize they're not alone and find community and support and understanding so that we can prevent suicide, prevent bullying, prevent self-harm behaviors that occur within these kids that feel so isolated and alone and misunderstood and angry. God, as a kid, I was so angry all the time. It's the God's honest truth that my parents in school, in high school, ambushed me in the guidance office with an anger management therapist because I was just so angry and no one knew why. Who knew it was because I was repressing not only my sexuality, but my gender. I just didn't understand. My parents didn't understand. And I was alone and angry, misunderstood, uninformed, uncomfortable. I, my brother was my best friend and we were treated with two different sets of rules, two different sets of principles of reason and logic. And it just, it doesn't make sense. We want the kids to realize they're not alone. As a kid, I could have had different opportunities if transgender people were starting to be seen as they're starting to be seen now. If I could go online and find communities of people who felt like I do, who look like I do, who want to look like I do, who just understand how I feel and why I feel that way. That's what Pride and Pride Month and transgender pride and the pride flags and visibility is all about. It's not about converting straight or cisgender kids to be gay or to be trans or to be bisexual. It's about letting the kids that are this way find other people like them so that they're not alone, so that they're safer, so that they have support. We need to continue to highlight the success stories and the positive things that happen when these children receive the care and support and understanding that they need. What's happening with these bills that are being introduced in Arkansas and South Dakota and Alabama across 26 states in the United States at the moment that are just being pushed by ill-advised bigots Why? Because they don't understand. They're stopping the medical care and treatment is not going to stop these kids from being trans. And I hope some of the things I've said today, and I understand I might sound a little frustrated and angry, but it's just kind of preposterous to me that you can say that kids just can't have health care because they're a way that you disagree. So if we don't step up and we don't stop something, we're going to stop the resources, lifelines, support systems, doctors, therapists, endocrinologists, psychiatrists, coaches, teachers, professionals, from being able to give the appropriate care, education, support necessary. Not only this, but a lot of these bills can put the medical professionals that are treating these kids in jail, can arrest them and put them behind bars for following their medical training and knowledge treating their patients the way that their policies and protocols teach them to based on evidence-based factual knowledge, treatment, history, science. So that is what International Transgender Day of Visibility is all about. And that's what it means. 
And so I implore you, please step up and call and email your representatives, governors, senators. Specifically today, we need to get on the phone to stop HB 1570 in Arkansas. The bill not only bans health care for trans youth, but bans health insurance coverage for all transgender individuals living in Arkansas. People will lose their life-dependent health care just for being transgender. If I lived in Arkansas, this would mean that not only would I lose my access to my mental health provider, my primary care physician, my insurance, my hormones, it would also take away my health insurance that pays for my psychiatrist and therapist for my other mental health issues that <laughs> takes away my depression, anxiety, medication. It takes away so many things. And this is just me. And I'm a pretty high functioning, successful person. It's unbelievable what this is going to do to the people that need these resources to get through the day. These people that have life-threatening illnesses, these people that need insulin, need high blood pressure medication, need so many different things for so many different reasons. And all of that is being held up because you don't understand their gender. This isn't only unconstitutional, but a direct violation of human rights, humans like me. So get on the phone now, call governor Hutchinson of Arkansas, tell him to veto HB 1570. I'm going to give you the phone number. Are you ready for it? 501-682-2345. One more time, 501-682-2345. Urge him to take action. Email him, A-S-A period H-U-T-C-H-I-N-S-O-N at governor.arkansas.gov. And I'll put all of this down in the information. While you're at it, reach out to Governor Kay Ivey in Alabama for HB1, SB10, which criminalizes healthcare for trans people and needs to be vetoed. You can contact the governor's office at pinkmanaray.com slash transbills or in the form on the Alabama governor's office website with an email subject, healthcare. The information to contact that is down in the in the comments information of this episode as well, because this public servant doesn't have a publicly available email address for their community and constituents to contact them. While we're at it, we're going to also talk about the harmful sports bills that are targeting transgender athletes, specifically transgender female athletes. So in Arkansas, while you're reaching out to Governor Hutchinson, talk to him about SB 354, a bill that bans trans women and girls who are trans from sports. Not only that, but the policies that they're trying to put in place will police the bodies of all athletes in women's sports. This creates mandatory invasive exams, confirming genitalia and gender to play in women's sports for all athletes. This isn't just for trans girls. This is for cis girls. It's for any girl looking to play in women's sports in these states. And you're saying that that's saving women's sports? You're going to do these invasive, horrific things to these girls that are going to make them have to go through this just to play sports? How many people are you going to turn away? How many children are you harming? It's another one in Alabama, HB 391, places the gender of all athletes in sports. It's just unbelievable how these unconstitutional things are coming about. And in every single case, if you look at the human rights campaign, if you look at all the social media being put out by the ACLU, it's all filled with 
information where none of the people bringing up these claims in court, bringing up these claims to their states, none of them have anything to back up what they're claiming. We're putting trans athletes in sports is harmful. And the funny thing about that is the trans athletes are already in sports and it's not being harmful. There's no cases of it being harmful. The problem is that people are always comparing, well, what if a man comes in and plays women's sports? Well, here's the deal. A man is not a trans woman. A man is not non-binary. There's a difference. The men are the problem. Anyways, all of this to say, I'm trans, I'm tired, I'm tired of convincing people that I deserve to exist, and that people like me should be able to play sports, go to the doctor, have health insurance, have housing, have a safe adult to talk to as children. There are going to be a ton of links and references and resources about everything we talked about, contact infos for these governors, information on how you can be a better trans ally. That being said, the fact that you are here and listening, and the fact that you've listened this long into this episode, it just shows that you are a trans ally. You're here, you're listening, you're learning. I can't thank you enough. Less than a month ago, I was celebrating with my friend Sammy about hitting 900 downloads, which has now skyrocketed to about 1100. I appreciate you all taking the time, hearing what I have to say and being part of this community. I'm super excited to see where it all goes next. And on that note, ally is a verb. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and follow along with Bow My God. If you like us, follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Bow My God Pod. Share your share our information. Tell your friends about us. Let's get some visibility for the community. Follow up on all the guests of all the episodes. Appreciate it. Catch y'all next time. Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm.